The Nowhere Fast podcast is brought to you in part by Sepp's Pizza. In addition to their regular menu, they are currently running a lunch special. Any two individual slices for $12, Tuesday through Friday, 11.30 until 2 p.m. Pick up only. Please visit sepspizza.com to place an order, or for any other information you might need. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the episode, and enjoy the pie. Obviously, thank all three of you. It's uh, it's hilarious how this all worked out. But I had spoken to Rob earlier on in this. I I still don't really know why he gave me that interview, but he's been telling me since then to get one or two or three of you on. So hopefully, this is kind of answering. One of his requests as well. I asked him earlier today for any intel, and he didn't really have any. He just said he feels bad because he knows how long all of us can keep talking about this. So he just said, good luck keeping it to the time limits. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, there is a lot to talk about, so. And he he told me a few things, and I know a few things as well, but I have a few other questions that I've never really heard the answer to. Just before, before I get into all of them, I want to ask Justin mainly one thing uh, that I'll forget to bring up, but the, uh, the time to get eel t-shirt was my yes. introduction into any of any of this streetwear streetwear adjacent like that shirt definitely opened my eyes to any of this being possible in the city what what was the actual like thought behind that because i've heard a story that you had a dream about it but is that true well <laughs> excuse me well it's funny. So like back then, like when Kim Jong was in power. So let's just start at the beginning. What we did was how Foosh, the clothing brand, when we were doing T-shirts, kind of all came about was we would always use what was in the news. Yeah. And we would make that into a T-shirt. Um, for example, Paris Hilton, you know, behind bars, made, made that into, into a T-shirt. Right. Kim Jong was you know, in the news because he wanted to, like, you know, use nuclear bombs and stuff. And, you know, so we decided to make a T-shirt. But in the same respect, yeah, I kind of had, like, this little... I wouldn't... Yeah, I guess it was, like, a dream. Just I just thought it'd be funny to kind of clown him a little bit and, and, like, put, like, you know, gazelle glasses on him and just kind of make it a funny T-shirt. And that's how the kind of T-shirt was born. It to me, it feels like such a important piece of like Fushi's kind of legacy. But is that just me looking in at that point, or like you as the creator of of Fushi in its entirety? Was that a pivotal moment in the brand for you? Um, I think we've had some 
pivotal mo- like like a lot of pivotal moments yeah. that that definitely was one of them for sure i felt like you know that was in the same time but like the same era or same probably year that we did the paris hilton tea and that one actually had more of an impact for us globally than the time to get ill shirt the 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 time to get ill shirt got us a lot of um Canadian recognition for sure and it was awesome because a lot of people thought that it was just a hilarious tea and it was it, it was definitely a jump start to us shipping more of our t-shirts around globally because then we started doing like you know some Disney designs that we kind of stole you know we were shipping them across the border we got a us yeah like we got a hmm. is it a cis and deceased letter from 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 Disney, which was pretty hilarious. You know, a small yeah. small little clothing store in Edmonton getting a cis and deceased from from you know big ass Walt Disney Corporation for stealing. Well, not stealing, just kind of you know repurposing some of their their characters to make it fit the streetwear theme. You know, so yeah, it was you know like I think it's. Uh, it's all pivotal, you know, like, but definitely Kim Jong was a big part of it for sure. That a good, no, like I like the idea of it kind of meaning more to the consumer than it did to you guys as a brand, but also that it meant something to you guys just that like that t-shirt will always kind of be ingrained in my memory because that was right around when I, mean, I started to see that type of thing on the internet and then see someone here doing like real streetwear like that. I had I had barely seen it online. I had never seen it locally. I to be honest, like it hasn't really been done locally since either, but that it's just like such a a story to me, but yeah, maybe I'm I'm placing more emphasis on it than needs to be placed. But either way, I'm I'm keeping it where it is in my memory. No, that's amazing. No, definitely it was a very pivotal point, especially in the city. People always known for that shirt, and always will have Fouche with that graphic in mind all the time. So it was definitely an important piece from us. So, what do you and- think, Matt? I like it. It's one of the first, I think similar to US, one of the first graphics I ever got from Fouche that wasn't from uh, any, like a global brand or Canadian brand is from from Edmonton. So I have I have one in my closet tucked away somewhere. It's probably in disrepair now, but I'll, I think similar to you, I'll always look at it as a fond moment. Uh, just for, yeah, just Fouche is doing funny graphics, a little bit political, but nothing too, nothing too serious. Just making fun of, of a dictator. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was gonna kind of use the timestamp of that sure to maybe gauge i mean justin obviously is the founder and has been around forever but and then pat came later and then mac later but pat were you uh like employed by Fouche at the time or were you just shopping there um at that time uh the first time that the kim jong-il tea i wasn't there for the first uh iteration but i did see it i was first and foremost i was it's pretty funny i was like one of the number one customers at Foosh for like at least two years before I started working here. And then how I got the job was Justin just asking one day, he's like, Hey, you know, you want to start working here? 
So, and that got me stoked. And ever since then I've been here. So, but yeah, it, it was good. And then like, were, were you just a, a kid at the time, Mac? Yeah. I was, I was, oh. So it's hard for me. Like, I think all three of you are in such a good position to kind of be timeless. I actually don't know how old any of you are. And my guess is probably 10 or 15 years younger than you actually are. But how <laughs> young were you when that shirt came out, Mac? Oh, man, I would have been probably grade probably grade seven. It would have been probably the first year I started shopping at Fouche. I don't know if it would have been, now that I think about it, the first or second iteration of the graphic releasing, but it would have been grade seven. That would have been, God, like early, early 2000s, 2006, I want to say. It's probably when I started shopping at Fouche. 2005 2006 is that was that the first time or the second time justin i honestly don't even remember <laughs> to be honest with you when when uh we first did it i think that might have been the first time yeah i i like i mean it's not up to me to date all these things for the owner yeah, of the company but it seems like that was when i remember it happening as well so yeah that yeah, 2005 i'm thinking yeah i think it was uh, around 2005 2006 for sure so it did have like the orange because we did it the first time with the orange glasses and then i know we did a second iteration of like green or purple glasses I think, no the, the, the second one was blue was it blue yeah the first one was orange mm -hmm. orange for sure orange for sure because that was our color mm -hmm. and then yeah then the second one was blue mm -hmm. but, yeah um, i think I'm... it was around that time I'm thinking of orange. Like when I think of it in my head, there's the orange. Uh... Yeah. Like what? That was what definitely was it called that. Was it halftone printing? Like the little pixelation dots? I remember that as well. Yes, it was definitely halftone for all of it. For most of it, actually. Yeah. Which is also something that doesn't get done enough no. anymore. Yeah. No, not a lot. So, okay, I know, like, Vush, what, you opened your doors in 99 -ish, Correct. Right? Yep. So, what, at, at what time did Pat come along? And actually, if you don't mind, Pat, what is your official title with Vush? And then after, when did Mac come along? And Mac, what is your official title, please? Uh, so for me, I think I started working here like right out of high school. So I think around 2007, 2006 is when I started uh, working here. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the timeline for me. Oh, and my job title. Uh, well, I started from the bottom and I worked everything and then slowly became the manager of the shop, the floor manager. And then now uh, in recent years, I've been a uh, part owner of the shop for a couple of years now. So that's my job title. And then for, for myself, um, I started working here probably about seven or eight years ago, probably about partway through my time in university. Um, similar to Pat, started just doing floor sales, kind of getting more and more responsibility. And then today for the last maybe five years, I've been the head buyer for the shop. Oh, okay. I Yeah, I didn't even realize that that was your, or one of your roles over there. I guess then... One of the questions I wanted to ask is what keeps all three of you like motivated to constantly 
pay attention to because it, like I assume even if you're the buyer, every like Justin and Pat would have input or at least like final say. So what keeps you guys motivated to like pay attention to what's happening and buy accordingly? I I tried for a very short time doing that and it burnt me out like instantly. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a lot of work and it's a lot of forecasting and it's a lot of money to put up for like a season that you don't know if it's gonna do well or not, right? So it's a lot of it's a lot of like yeah, forecasting. I think for me now, like I I'm 48, I got two kids, I'm not very fashion forward anymore, like when I used to be. So when Matt comes to me with a with with a brand um, that he likes that he wants to bring into the shop, I just ask them the 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 two main questions. Well, well the, the one main question: <laughs> Will it sell? And how much? But well, two. And how much budget do you need? So I'm 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 definitely more of a numbers guy now than I am um, keeping track of what's cool, what's hot, what's what's going to be, you know, fitting for the store. Um, I leave that up to Mac and Pat. Now I basically don't have the time or the, the means. Like when I was younger, when I was doing all the buying every morning, I would get up, make my coffee, go on all the blogs, see what's happening, see what lines are fire, you know? And now I don't do that anymore. I get up, gotta get my kids ready for kindergarten you know it's crazy it's crazy (laughs) was it was it hard for you to transition to that role like going from being really like finger on the pulse to being a bit more distance like was that a hard thing to learn um it, it 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 was when i first did it but now i've learned to be able to trust my guys. I think that's the that's the main key of um, success. You know, with all the other businesses and stuff too. You know, like it's 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 being able to trust what your guys are doing, and as long as you know you have some parameters for them to follow, I feel like as long as they're they're doing it and they're asking, um, I basically let them do it. You know. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's hard, but you know, once you pass that point where you see that they're doing a good job, you know, give them a pat on the back and say, great job guys. And, you know, move on to the next season. I, uh, I constantly talk to people about the, the trust issue. Like I, I try to do some freelance stuff. I know like my girlfriend is involved in working with certain companies and I feel not, not a lot of them trust the people they surround themselves with ideas enough. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like you guys kind of run the opposite way. It's like you've decided to work with people that you trust. So you actually act on that and let them like make the calls on things and you're okay with that because you trust them. I I wish more people would do that type of thing. Like was that a plan for you? Like when you started this all, did you know that was the way you wanted to do things when you got to that point or was it just kind of a coincidence? 
I think it just kind of happened. Like I've, I've always kind of ran our businesses like, like a family, like an open door. You know, if, if, if you have an issue, come talk to me. If you feel like something could be better, come talk to me. Um, I, and, and I think from there, it just kind of happened where, you know, these guys wanted more responsibility. They wanted to take on more. So why not give them more? Um, through throughout my whole foosh career common career all these you know other businesses are our main well my ideology for for all this has always well now has been um surround yourself with people who are smarter than you who know more than you because then they can help you get to where you want to be and you can also help them get to where they want to be um and that comes with trust so now it's 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 all about trust you know you know you 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 have to be able to trust these guys because you know they're playing with hundreds and thousands of your dollars you know so um and it's good because now they kind of know the business in and out and they're you know pat's part owner who knows what max future is going to be like with this company you know what i mean but he's also learning the ins and outs of, you know, the back end and the accounting and how budgeting works and how, you know, forecasting works when it comes to uh, dollars. So I, I feel like being able to, you know, teach them more about the whole aspect of, of the business, the more that they're going to learn and the more that I can trust them with it. Right. No, that yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's just my critique is not a lot of people put it in motion, but it, it sounds like, I mean, you guys did the exact opposite of that. I know all three of you do like probably everything over there, but if I can ask you a question that maybe applies to all of you, you can each answer in, in order, but was that what was the hardest thing for each of you to learn in order to like further your career? Like for Foosh to grow, what was the hardest thing you had to learn? Like something you'd learn for the first time in your role at the job? Like would what would that be if you had to name just one? Mine mine would be um letting go and 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 being able to trust these guys. That's what I would um, have to say about that. Uh, for myself, um, again, it, it would be definitely like, yeah, doing all the roles. I used to do like inputting stock. I still do the photography, but I used to do everything like inputting stock, helping customers. And again, with hiring, especially with Matt coming on board, just letting go of me doing everything and letting them just flourish in a field that maybe I'm not that good of and let them deal with it and get them to do it. And again, it's what we learned from Justin and Rob of like, hey, we believe in you. I trust you. Here's what it is. You can do it. And if you kill it at it, it awesome. And it, it helps us. Well, it helps me like just doing my daily operations and it helps the shop to just to grow. And if, if the employees uh, have those responsibilities, they'll have way more stoke about the shop and want to do stuff for the shop. You know, you give it responsibility, they'll be stoked of where they were, right? So, right. I think for myself, a little different than, than Justin and Pat, but they've helped me a lot 
I think kind of overcoming this and it would be dealing with FOMO and, and dealing with the fear of missing out on things. And that comes to buying where these brands, they offer you just so many different things and you can't buy everything. And I, I think initially in my, my earlier days here, I struggled with trying to bring in everything, bring in a little bit for every type of customer. And I think through conversation with Justin and Pat over the years, it kind of helped me dial it in and realize that it's okay missing out on one cool thing. It's okay not showcasing a brand's kind of full full breadth of what a brand offers and just buy what you think sells, buy what you think is cool for the city and don't worry about having everything. Does it, like, I know for me, whenever I, I would bring something in, it was always whatever, like the, you know, the entire line was good, but there was one item that I personally thought was really strong and it would always flop it was like i liked it no one else did and then my maybe my least favorite on the line sheet that would be the one that i should have ordered like double or triple of does it go that maybe i'm just a horrible forecaster but do you experience that at all man no, a hundred percent I've, I've definitely had that happen uh, probably more more times than i want to admit to it um and it's tricky and i think going back to Justin and Pat's points of trusting the people around you, it's, I think as I've kind of taken on more and more brands and I, I try to always have conversations with, with the team around me to make sure that I'm not buying with kind of only my taste in mind. I'm not buying with only what I think I would wear. It's hard to predict what the people in Edmonton or the people abroad might want your shop to offer. But I think having conversations with, with your kind of staff, employees, coworkers, and friends, it, it helps it helps kind of divest, I think, the the weight of those choices and kind of helps you dial in stuff that maybe you don't think it's as, as cool as it could be. But if other people see it, maybe you're missing something and maybe there's some worth to bring it in. So I try not to get in my own head and kind of only buy what I think is cool, what I think I'd wear, because I think similar to you, not everybody thinks what I think is cool. <laughs> oh, I, I couldn't agree more not not with the people disagreeing with you i mean like i would buy 100 percent based on what i liked and it, it was almost too like too selfish of a way of buying and i had to like try to adapt try to buy things that i felt the customers would buy as opposed to me because at the end of the day like i'm not buying things from if if anything i would take things that would cost the store money but i wasn't exactly like actually buying to support so i kind of found out the hard way many times even even till the end like even if i was still around i'd probably be taking more l's than not just because i thought it was cool but no one really agreed well, we're in the same boat, Wes. Like every season, we always think one one shoe or one item is like super dope. And like the whole staff is like stoked about it. But then it will be the one thing that will go right to sale. But like we're still still learning all that too. And, it, and it's hard again with the Edmonton market. It's hard to forecast. But it's I don't getting think that better. will ever change though. I, 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 I think style changes, people changes, you know, people's opinion on, on fashion changes. So, you know, you're always going to have some flops yeah always it's a never-ending battle it's a never-ending sure. <laughs> battle 100 like it just it's, it's it's it happened so much as when when i was buying for the store too you know like when we first opened we carried women's stuff just like what we do now but 
I was young and stupid and I would buy things that I thought women wanted to wear and it was terrible, terrible <laughs> until I got Kyla and then Kyla helped me do all the buying for, for, for women because my style for women was, wasn't what um, the girls that shopped at the store. Right. So yeah, it's, it's, all, it's, it's, it's always going to happen. And I mean, nowadays everything moves so, so fast, dude. That I feel like even if if Mag you forecasted properly and you predict something based on like current customers, that customer could like find a new style they want to emulate on Instagram, and they could be dressing differently by the time the shipment shows up. Right, one hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think social media leads to a lot of, I think, faster burnouts of, of trends than we've ever seen before, where you think something's cool, it, it enters the market, and then too many people get it, and you don't want to be like everybody else, so it, it falls off too fast. I think footwear is the biggest kind of culprit of that, where a shoe is successful for one season, and then everybody has it, and then nobody cares about it the next season, and it's, it's impossible to predict that, because... You, you never know how fast it's going to move until it's already moved past that. Now, how um, you mentioned uh, like a few minutes ago, the photography, Pat, I, yeah. I've i noticed, I don't know if there was like a day where it just happened all at once, or maybe I, I just started to notice and it seemed like it was all at once. But I feel like Fushi's imagery and the photos got like, drastically better all of a sudden like was there something you like without without sharing any real secrets was there something (laughs) that like did you take a course or like watch a video because it seemed like the photos just one day were like they were always good but they're like a plus plus now so like let's start from the beginning so i actually um when I was thinking of either staying or leaving Fouche, I actually went to post-secondary at NAFE for photography for two years. So I did that, tried the commercial side for a little bit, wasn't really my deal. So I came back here uh, and wanted to build a website and make sure that our online presence was proper, especially with COVID. It really pulled me into gear because we had to close down for a couple of months. I literally was in the shop every single day during COVID by myself, taking photos, making sure it's like proper. And then we launched our new website. So I definitely wanted to up uh, the styling and the look of the shop. Uh, we, we always want to make sure that our shop globally looks like a shop anywhere else. Like even though we're in Edmonton, I still wanted to have like a certain standard of photography and, and visuals, especially nowadays, as you know, like social media is like the number one thing. So if your photos ain't, ain't where it needs to be, people might not look at the shop at the same. And I just have a very, very high standard of all my photography, especially for the product shots and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. No, they, they looked like, uh, again, they weren't bad before they just like day and night, like change on my feet at least. And they're like, great. Now it just, I didn't know if it was like, I don't know, just a lifestyle change or you got a new camera or new lights, like something (laughs) switched and they're like extra good lately. Well, I do appreciate that, Wes, especially coming from you, because I know you know your photography and lighting and stuff, but that I do really appreciate that. And then honestly, yeah, it was literally COVID. It really made me broaden my horizons for like actually doing 
good photography and actually have a good presence online. And obviously it has really worked for us over the COVID times. And even to now that people always check our site and like checking our Instagram, but I always wanted to keep a nice, clean, good lighting and all that stuff. So I do appreciate your, your praise. I, I appreciate yours too, because I uh, actually, I don't know anything about, especially shop photography. I, uh, I had a lot of help on our online images and then now that's why anything any nowhere fast stuff in the future i don't think will ever be in like a studio setting like a white or gray background it just doesn't compute with me i have i have no idea how to do that type of stuff so it's extra commendable that you know how to do that i've tried to learn over the years and it's like it might as well be a different language to me <laughs> <laughs> no it, it comes with as well as too like i had a big learning experience and like obviously with anything if you just keep doing it and doing it and refining and refining you'll get to a point that you're actually happy with and right now i'm pretty happy with it but even in the future you're you're going to see a little bit more elevated photos going into the to our 25th anniversary too doing more like lifestyle shots and stuff like that but I always wanted to have the product shots to be at a certain point that I'm happy with. And then I can train the other uh, photographers and editors here to do. And, and now we can just move on to like more of the lifestyle stuff. So. Cool. That's a good approach too. like learn and then pass that knowledge on and yeah. move on to something. That's new. just how my brain works. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know like obviously everyone is so sick of talking about COVID and I, I like go out of my way not to bring it up on here, but I feel, you know, like a shop like you guys actually have some insight on what happened. So how did, how did you guys like deal with all, like you were saying you were closed for a few months, polished up the website, but what, what other things did you have to focus on? Like while the in-store wasn't really what was popping. Um, and honestly, it was just like, let's try to like really get the website down and pad and make sure like we get all of our products online. And that honestly helped us immensely, not just like locally, but globally people started noticing us. Cause again, like, as you notice, like the elevated uh, shots on Instagram and yada, yada, like if we didn't have that during COVID, I don't know if we would have really survived, you know, and it, end all be all, it was our, our only our income, right? Like we had to have the online shop to work. If that didn't work out, who knows where we would have been, honestly, like if we just didn't do anything about it and just like, it is what it is. I don't know if we would have been around, you know? So. Was that a coincidence for you? Like, were you planning on like redoing the website and stuff, or did you kind of rapidly implement that once COVID hit? No, honestly, it was a coincidence. It was always on our back burner because end all be all like we our in-store sales are always good. And I always want to put our full effort in that and always give back to the city. But then when COVID happened, it really opened my eyes to like, Hey, we really need to like broaden our range of like sales and like just for people to even just shop online, even in the city. So, but yeah, it was always on the back burner. We've always wanted to do it. But then when COVID happened, I'm like, okay, well now I have all this exponential time to put my full effort in this. Um, so yeah, yeah, it, it definitely helped out for sure. And yeah, I'm glad it did. Uh, now I'm, I'm so lucky to have all, all three generations of Foosh to answer this, but yeah, exactly, when you guys yeah. first opened, like obviously no, no social media or anything. So how are you getting people to shop at Foosh, Justin? 
DJs. We were all DJs back then. So we would go to shows. We would promo ourselves that way. Um, Yeah, it was, you know, like, it's come to think of it, it was crazy back then, man. Like, you know, we opened in 99 and there was there was nothing like we we basically just kind of made flyers and we went to stores or sorry, to shows and and just kind of flyered these shows saying that, uh, yo, we got a new shop. Come check it out. And that's how we did it. Old school way. <laughs> and again, like uh, I was asking about the buying and delegation. Was it also hard for you to watch like the new ways of promotion kind of sweep everything while you were still like not not set in your ways, but just a part of it before. So you knew firsthand how you used to get people to shop. Like, was it at all kind of a shock to the system watching social media kind of encroach on everything? It was a little bit, but 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 I think we were at that age too where we were we knew we had to adapt and we had enough young people working for us at the time you know telling us yo you you, you got to get on these platforms this is what this is what people are doing now um so that's what we did you know it's just yeah like i think in order to stay up you got to adapt and you got to be able to see what's 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 coming as as much as you know certain things never really clicked for us like tiktok or twitter you know we you still got to do it you know what i mean just to kind of stay up right like we do have twitter but we don't we barely update it i think we have tiktok too but we barely use it but it's just you know it's a young kids game where you gotta like stay on top and what's nice is we do have some younger guys that do work for us that that kind of follows these trends because i know i don't follow these trends anymore i don't think pat really follows these trends mac is kind of following (laughs) but not really but some of our younger guys do so it's you know it's (coughs) again it's it's just being able to talk to your team and 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 find out what the new kids are up to these days you know Man, I sound old. <laughs> no, no, I, I I agree for sure. I wish. I mean, that's one thing I actually miss about the studio was just having a constant, uh, like kind of open chat with the younger people because that's really who like dictates everything. And as much as even I wanted to think we were maybe selling to like an older discerning crowd. It's really the young people that kind of control all of, maybe not like the young people have less money. So the older people spend more, the young people almost like dictate what the older ones buy in a way. Oh, hundred percent. The youth always drives the fashion or whatever, right? Maybe they don't have the money, but they know what's cool. They know what's cooler than all of us. Right. So it's always giving it back to those guys. So what then you're like right in the middle, Pat. Like I assume yeah. when you started, there you know, maybe there was like the start of Twitter and like Facebook, but you must have been still using a bit of the old ways to get people 
but then also seeing all the new ways coming in. So like, how did you deal with being on either side of that? Well, I still remember the day that Justin came to work and we were all chatting and then he's like, yo, have you heard about this Instagram? I was like, what is Instagram? <laughs> like Justin was like, especially back in the day, Justin was always on top of like all the new shit, always like, yeah. hey, we need to do this on, on this, on this. And that's what I've learned from him. But I still remember, yeah, Justin introducing it, teaching me how to use it. And then once we use that, I was like, oh, we can literally get to people's phones right away. But it was a learning curve, right? Like just doing Instagram stories on your cell phone, just using the Instagram filters uh, to compare it to like what it is nowadays. It's kind of crazy, but I am very happy that like we were on Instagram really at the early beginnings because we have grown our followers and like our reach so much with that app alone, even more so than our website, I would say. So right. Yeah, it's really interesting to me when I hear people say, like, the reason they got Instagram or mainly Instagram was for work. Like, they got yeah. it so they could push that. But then, Mac, like, you're younger, so I assume you were familiar with Instagram way before you had to use it as a marketing tool, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like, I would have... My earliest introduction, I would have missed MySpace by a couple of years. So because MySpace. because we're in Edmonton, my my earliest introduction to social media would be Nextopia. People didn't really use that, at least as far as I can remember, for marketing. Facebook was the next kind of big, big giant. And I think that's where you saw marketing for businesses, mainly for, I'd say, music above everything else kind of explode. And I think that's where, when Instagram came, more and more brands that weren't in the job of promoting events kind of jumped on that as an angle to market their business. Uh, but yeah, like, like you said, I would have just started using it just as a, just for fun, just seeing like checking with friends, I'd say more than anything. And then you kind of see Instagram maybe over that God, maybe probably a decade now kind of evolve into more of a marketing tool. People still use it for friendship and, and for finding people online. But I'd say more than anything, it's an advertising tool. You could maybe make an argument for that being maybe a good and bad thing. But, uh, but yeah, now today I probably use it I use it for myself for research for work and I use it for promoting Fusion and the product we sell, but I don't use it too much just for, just for myself, my own enjoyment, I suppose. <laughs> you, uh, you were talking before about like staying on top of, you know, like watching brands that are emerging and then this like sense of your fear of missing out. I relate to that a lot too, because even I feel like even Kith or someone with like infinite money would still not be able to order every brand they deem worth ordering. Right? No, so exactly. Like, is it ever too too much info for you? Like, if with me, I would like be like, yeah, I need a new brand. I'm gonna go scroll for a bit. And then like six hours later, I would have like forgotten to eat and drink water. And I'm just like making notes of all these brands. Like it's way too much. No, I a hundred percent agree. I spend, I, I wouldn't even want to look at um, like my screen time on my laptop or my, or my cell phone. It'd probably be an embarrassing number to share. I spend way too much time looking and I, I do enjoy it. So it's not, there, there could be worse things I'm wasting my time on. It's applicable to work and I'm having fun kind of looking at, at new shit and seeing what's evolving, be it in Canada or abroad and, and across brands and businesses like ours. But it's, uh, it, it gets taxed. And like you said, it, you can find yourself stuck in, in a wormhole and you look at your time and you've spent five hours just endlessly scrolling. And yeah, it's, it, it's intense. 
And then, like, the worst for me, I don't know if you hear or know as much as I did, but I would, like, find a brand, really build it up in my head, almost, like, envision it. Like, it's going to sit on this shelf. Like, it's going to be so perfect. And then they're not into it or they're, oh, yeah. like, email us next <laughs> year or, like, yeah, we'll do it, but minimum is 40 grand US or something. It's, yeah. like, such a heartbreak. Yeah, and it, and it's it's a bummer because when uh, you would have experienced this too, I'm sure you reach out to a brand and they probably never heard of Edmonton. They obviously know of Canada, but they might be familiar with Vancouver or Toronto, and that's where they see worth in being. So when they hear of a town or sorry, a city that they've never heard of, it, it makes I think our jobs a little trickier to convince them why we see value in their brand being here when they don't care as much so yeah it's it's a hard battle you can convince some people you can be kind of compelling over email but it doesn't always work and then yeah like you said sometimes somebody says sure we'll work with you but you gotta spend forty thousand dollars and you're like okay well we can't do that <laughs> yeah yes i i wouldn't even thought to bring this up but that's a very good point i'm trying to like present edmonton it's like you're not only representing foosh you know, and sometimes do you ever feel like you're almost repping the whole city because you're trying to like sell Edmonton to a brand that might not understand why they need to be carried in this city. And you kind of have to like present more than just the shop to them, like not not actually send them Edmonton's like Wikipedia. But you know what I mean? Like you got to make everything. No, 100 percent. I I think we're Edmonton's fortunate and or at least it makes my job a little easier because we have a pretty I think relative to our population and our size we have a pretty insane art scene here so I think when you kind of start selling Edmonton through the arts that we we kind of promote locally it makes brands maybe listen a little closer and then adjacent to that the businesses that Justin has grown outside of Fouche helps I think convince brands that I guess we're quote-unquote cool enough to work with because we can say hey we have this cool music venue or a bar or a cool restaurant. And then they might look at those, the socials for those businesses and look what artists we brought into the city. So it, that definitely works in my favor versus if we were just a, a small shop that weren't really maybe attached to a community, couldn't speak to other businesses that we think run in parallel to maybe what the brand is aligned with. And yeah, I think I'm fortunate in that if we were in a smaller city, I don't know how you'd pick up some of the brands we've managed to get It'd be, it'd be, yeah, it'd be hard to sell. But Edmonton, I think, in comparison to a lot of cities in Canada, makes it easy just because our arts are so built out here. Yeah, I, I think that, I mean, Edmonton has really, is responsible for a lot of important stuff in, in a lot of different lanes that I feel no one knows or if they know it, they want to acknowledge it. But I mean, you think like Foosh is from here. Coleman, everything else you guys have built, Haven, Gravity Pope, Mac DeMarco, like there's all this stuff coming out of here that no one ever really factors into like how they feel about the city as a whole or outsiders, I guess. Locally, we like it. Outsiders, it takes a bit of convincing. Exactly. Yeah, it does totally. Still a sell to Edmonton, but. But then I like, I mean, this is mainly about Fouche, but I guess I'll ask one thing about the other like companies is the fact that you're able to like bring in 
artists and DJs and stuff to the common? Like, does that that trickles down to Foosh? Like, in in the way that you were saying you can approach brands and kind of lean on that, but do, do you think it also even just off the record, do people associate the two locally? Like, are people like, we, we love eating and drinking at the common. We're going to shop with Foosh or Bamboo. I think so. Like, when we've decided to kind of branch off and do these other projects, we want to kind of create our own little ecosystem where, you know, kids can come shop, buy sneakers, you know, buy clothing from us, you know, go buy clothing from Bamboo. And then they have somewhere to go in the evenings to, you know, they can go show off their outfits, you know, they can go for a nice dinner at common. They can go dancing they can go listen to a DJ. They can go listen to a band down in 9910. Um, that was our whole, whole little, little ecosystem that we kind of created. And, um, I think it kind of worked well for us because it's, 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 it's still happening till this day, you know, like you, we, we've seen an uptick in kids coming in here, especially when we had the record store as well too, you know, cause like back in the day we were two parts, you know, we were, you know, the clothing side of things and we were the music side of things. So when we do these shows, it was great for our music store as well too. Right. So yeah, I think it all kind of went hand in hand. And um, yeah, we just kind of created this little little ecosystem for us and been awesome. Yeah, I uh, the other thing I have to say is I, I wouldn't call it a little ecosystem. I, I would call it a, a huge empire maybe in the city. It kind of encompasses like when I think of of a bunch of different genres kind of at the top of that locally is something you guys are a part of so i i feel i would i would regret not throwing that into this conversation thank you you so much appreciate it what this is i i feel dumb even asking this but you like the first foosh it was above the old plush right yeah correct and then did you guys move from there to where you are now? And it's only ever been those two spots? Exactly. Yep. The only two spots. Yep. We Is had it uh... for three years and we we're just kind of waiting, biding our time until we can find a street level store. And then this, this location popped up and then we've been here ever since. Sorry for the interruption. I just want to quickly mention another sponsor of this podcast. Town Square Brewing. I know Wesley recently quit drinking, so I'm sure he would appreciate us highlighting some non-alcoholic options, such as our hot water, sparkling tea, and Italian soda. Be sure to look for those, in addition to their beers wherever you usually find your craft drinks. If your favorite liquor store or bar doesn't have Town Square in their cooler, you should ask them why they don't. Please drink responsibly. 18 plus of course. Let's get back to the episode. I really hope you're enjoying it so far. I mean, what's what's your... Uh, I'm sure I could add hours to the podcast, but what's like a summed up version of how you feel White Ave has gone lately? Like, I feel for a while, like it, it seems to be getting better, 
But I think for a while it felt to me like the only the only source of like culture on White Ave was Foosh. And maybe you won't put it as bluntly as that, but like how did how did you guys feel about watching everything change around you and then you being the only like constant on the app? Well, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, it's it's crazy, right? Like, yeah, we've been here since 99, so we've seen stores come and go. We've seen restaurants come and go. We've seen nightlife come and go. It's definitely been up and down, you know. Um, we we do got to give shout outs to Gravity Pope because they've been here just as long as me, longer than me, you know. So she's been killing it. So give it up for, for, for Gravity. But like, yeah, like we've seen Colorblind go. We've seen Plush go. We've seen... You know, another kind of urban store, Solar. Was was Solar? Yeah, yeah. Solar FS. was on White Ave. FS. You know, <clears throat> recently we lost Glam Slam. They've been around for forever, for over 25 years as well, too, because they yeah. used to have a location in uh, Hub Mall. You know, so yeah, it's, 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 we're really fortunate to still be around, to be honest with you. You know, um, great people, great community. Like, that's what I chalk it up to, right? Like, we're really fortunate. Like, we 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 could have gotten taken out by COVID, just like everybody else, you know. Um, but I'm just thankful and grateful for for my team and for our community for keeping us around for this long and enjoying what we do. You know, like it's it's no small feat, man. Twenty five years. That's a that's a long ass time. Yeah, that, like I, I would think anything beyond twenty five, like you're a legacy brand or a legacy store at this point. I think of it, and that isn't just me. I heard. I mean, who knows if this is real? But someone said twenty five years. You become like if a brand hits that, then they're a legacy brand. Like Stussy is a legacy brand, but I mean they're way past twenty five. But yeah, yeah, I agree with that for sure. Yeah, no, it's 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 interesting. Like, you know, probably seventy percent of the people that shop here are younger than Foosh. You know, it's when you kind of put it into that kind of perspective, it's kind of crazy. You know what I mean? Like, twenty five years is a long time. You guys are old, old enough, or old is kind of pejorative. You guys have been around long enough. There's probably parents who oh, shop yeah. there that now come in with kid. Like I'm assuming oh, yeah. Rohan comes in with his kid. Yeah, no, it's it's a trip when we see like, especially when I see my old customers that I used to help out when I was younger, and then seeing their having having kids, and then their kids are now shopping at the shop and stuff. Even seeing Rob's little ones, like uh, his little boys are now starting to want to shop at the shop. And it's such a trip because it's, it's different generations that are coming through the shop and been supporting the shop, which is sick. Well, we even we, we even have kids that work here very part time that are our friends who used to shop here. They're kids. Like it's yeah, like Gemma, like Lucas. Gemma and Lucas, yeah. you know, like, like they, they, they were, I remember seeing those two who are our, our newer staffs. They're only here part-time, but I remember that when they were in the Born. shop, when they were a baby, like a month old, I remember Gemma <laughs> coming to the shop and now she's like a full-fledged kid and like working at the shop, which is like 
crazy to be full circle like that. Yeah. But it's cool to see because again, for how long we've been around, you know. So is it is that like built into a contract that you have to hire Rob's kid when he gets old? <laughs> <laughs> actually uh Rob's uh, eldest Eric really wants to work here so I won't give him special treatment he'll be like any other staff but the door is always open I'm I, I always especially our friends kids that are younger and they're stoked about the shop and they just want to work part-time I'll give them that opportunity especially if they're stoked about it I'll always have that open hands for that right like I always want again what drives everything around here is the youth. They know what's cooler than us. Maybe they can't afford it, but they're the ones that tell us what's up. I should have asked how many uh, staff is there or are there? Currently, um, there we ever since I've been working there, we always try to keep a very tight-knit staff that everybody has their responsibilities and stuff. Like even to this day, a lot of people always think that we have like 10 plus staff, but I think we only have what, like eight, nine. I think even with the part-timers, us included to be eight people. Yeah, eight, eight people. And that two of them are just part-timers for seasonal. So it's really just six. So I, we really have a core team with like CJ, Eugene, Vivian. Um, and then my two new hires, uh, Shaffin and um, Jai Lee, who helps me immensely on the photography side. But everybody has their roles and we, we try to keep it nice and tight though. And the other thing I wanted to ask, it seems to be quite an Edmonton thing that when when a business does well the people just want to open so many more of the exact same thing is there like is it part of strategy that there's a only ever been one foosh like you guys haven't opened multiple locations or like gone to other cities or is there a reason or did it just work out that way just kind of worked out that way like we've had opportunities to um expand but we just never kind of jumped on it um i i i I feel like foosh is best you know the strongest being where we are now and 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 how we're doing things like it's yeah we just kind of never jumped on that opportunity like people have asked us to do you know calgary saskatoon you know a second location here in edmonton we just never did it. I don't know why we just never did it. Maybe because we had other, I had other projects on the go and just didn't uh, feel like it was necessary. And honestly, having the one shop just kind of drives our customers to one spot, you know, like very very tight knit, very community based little shop here in White Ave for 25 years. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I guess even as you're saying that, it, like I'm making it sound like you just chose not to expand, like that you expanded lots, you just didn't call them foosh. Like there were other businesses with other identities. Correct. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. I I couldn't agree more. Actually, I don't. It's not like I I mind multiples of anything, but I think there should. Really, unless it's like a, something easily franchised or something where like you would call for multiple spots. I don't really understand why there are so many of one thing, especially with you. Like I, Foosh feels like a neighborhood store to me, even though it's like gone global. It's like you can go in there and actually talk with the staff. Um, You know, I... I had an experience, this is kind of off 
on a tangent, but when I was younger, I went to San Francisco and I didn't know what to do. I went into one of the Huff stores. This is before um before weed socks let's say it was like huff was like (laughs) it was still really cool but it was before they were like huge and the staff there was so cool and they recommended places to eat places to chill like they helped us find some medical marijuana that type of thing and i feel like foosh is similar to that it's like if, if you were in the city you can go there you can ask your staff, like maybe you guys, maybe the part-time guys, where to eat, what to do, and they'll probably steer you in the right direction. For some reason, my mind equates a good store to that, like the staff being personable and being able to recommend things to you, that makes a good store. And I think that would be harder to do the more locations there are. Oh yeah, 100%. And that's like our number one thing too, Wes, is we always want customers to feel welcome. Like it's like a neighborhood shop. Come by. You don't need to buy anything, but you know, if you feel welcome to come through and you want to chat and like know about the cool shit that's going down in the city, come by. We're always down for that. And that's our always our number one thing is always like make make sure you say hi to everybody. Make sure you're you're uh, nice to everybody that comes through. Even if they don't want to buy anything, just have a chat with a person. You know. Right. Like the other thing I got to commend you guys on before this is over. I I really I think the new store or I mean, I say new. It's been a while, but the build out the most recent build out is beautiful. And I see some stores in the city or outside the city. They make this like really insane build out, but then they they really don't care about their in-store, right? It's like they have a nice store because they can maybe afford it, but they just want to sell things online. You guys, I feel like, utilize the space. Like, you bring people into it to experience it instead of just looking at photos of it and then ordering online. Like, I'm obviously outside the city, people aren't able to come in, but it's just really cool that you guys built something that like feels so substantial and important and going back to how I felt about seeing the Kim Jong shirt like it just felt like you've brought something I've only seen online to the city it's like I've seen buildouts like that elsewhere but you guys like brought one here and then made it work for the local people yeah, like when we did the bill out, like when I was helping design it, I wanted to bring the big city stores to Edmonton. Like, why can't we have something rad like that in the city? And why can't we just have the inventory look nice on the floor, but still make it feel welcoming and tangible to see? Because end all be all online is awesome. But me, I personally feel that I'm the happiest to sell to people that are stoked in person, seeing the tangible item, trying it on, having conversations with customers like in-store i would always love online is so you don't know who's buying it yada yada and it's great but in-store presence is always the number one thing for us well i think being a community shop as well too right you got to be able to have these conversations with these people when they come in like what i love seeing the most is like around the holiday season when you have your old friends that have moved away yeah but their main stop when they come into the city is always foosh They always come in, they always stop in, they haven't been in the city for like, you know, eight months, but they'll always come in and they'll always come say hi. They'll come here, you know, because 
they used to sharper before right like that's what i love like 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 that community sense still right like it it it, it makes me all warm and fuzzy because people still even like this past weekend for like that big Oilers heritage classic, so many people from out of town came in and they all came to Fouche. And I got so many texts, Ben Coos, like, you know, Matt, like all these old, (laughs) old dudes that used to live in Edmonton. They remember Fouche. They used to shop at Fouche, but then they moved away and they come back and they're like, Oh my God, Fouche is still here. This is amazing. We're going to come and check it out. You know, like it's, to me, that's rad. To me, I that's wonder super- if there was any who hadn't been in since the build-in and were just like blown away by it. Oh yeah, no, they totally were. Yep, love it. That's my favorite. How long uh, were you guys planning the build-out for? Because that happened like right before COVID, right? Yes. Um, 2019. Yeah, we we were we were planning it for a while. <laughs> It was time to give us a little upgrade, and um, we did it. Yeah, right before COVID, and um, we what we shut down for what a month and a half. It's pretty. Months? It's a fast and turnaround. And yeah, month, month and a half. half and yeah, we, right we shut down, yeah. and then we moved right in. So, yeah, it it, it kind of all worked out. There, I know. Like you've had a couple events, or maybe even just the one, like good info, and I'll call you tomorrow thing, but. Do you have plans for more of that type of stuff now that, I mean, I guess COVID's never fully over, but now that regulations are, are more lax, are you planning on any more like community type events? Definitely. I think that was part of the goal when we designed the new space was to make it pretty linear, pretty, pretty simple so that things could be shifted around basically allowing it to be a multi-use space. So it doesn't only have to be limited to retail. We can throw parties, we can throw a pop-up or an art show and, and the like. So I think we have a show with, um, I actually don't know if I'm allowed to, to speak on it, but <laughs> we'll have a show with a uh, RAST, um, I believe in December, uh, second week of December, I want to say is, is going to be the next event. And then just because it's going to be our 25th anniversary next year, it'll be kind of a perfect time to throw probably too many events on us. We were probably, I don't know, I hope to throw at least four be it foosh centric things or kind of showcasing kind of the greatness that comes from Edmonton from different artists or if a brand wants to throw a pop-up. We're usually all ears as long as um, the person who's approaching us has kind of thought out a plan and kind of gives us their direction. They're not just maybe looking to make a quick buck on a clothing pop-up or something. If you have a vision, you're you're passionate and you want to use our space for for something that we think is cool, then we're all ears. And I, I know Ras did that shirt for you guys. And yes. I I assume like from what I saw, people loved it. But what like did people love that one? Yeah, it did really well. I think we do a lot of I think even going back to your your beginning mention of Kim Jong, we've done a lot of weird, kind of funny and and just kind of off-center graphics over the years. I think our logo wear when we kind of play around with the Fouche logo, it, it always performs so well. And we were just like so thrilled that that Rass wanted to do something with us, and yeah, he killed it. it. It was it was simple, but I think it shows his kind of art style, and then it's kind of squeezed through the Fouche logo. Yeah, that I mean, that's amazing. I can I can cut it out if you don't want talk of the show, but he's he's definitely the best at, at what he does in the city, and I've always kind of wanted him to have a show that was presented in a way that. 
he deserved. Like basically, I wanted someone to facilitate a big crowd for him, and it, exactly. it seems like this would be the the perfect way to to go about all that. Yeah, that's what we're hoping for. It's weird. Like we never know. Whenever we throw a pop up, I want to say probably since the pandemic, we've probably thrown about maybe four now. And we never know what to expect. We're always maybe a little timid in terms of, oh, shit, how many people are going to show up? Do enough people know about it? And up until now, at least, it's always, it's always gone off a lot better than expected. No hiccups, uh, pretty strong turnout. And I think that just goes to show the strength of, of Edmonton scene, especially when it's around local business and local art. People, I think people come out. When you had, Justin, when you first opened on White Ave, was that like back when White Ave had... Uh... Didn't they used to have a rule that you could only be like a brick and mortar? You weren't allowed to be a franchise store on the F? Um, I don't know if it was like a legal rule, but I remember um it was a rumor going around saying that 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 they didn't want any any franchises on White Ave. But you know, throw that out the window now in 2023, right? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> you know, but yeah, like when we've the, I, I think the main reason why we wanted to do White Ave back in the day was that was um, it was a really good shopping area back in the 90s and early 2000s, you know, like there was a lot of cl- clothing shops like, yeah, like on on White Ave, not not so many restaurants, um, but like things have changed now. But you know what, though, shops are starting to pop back up again. Like, you know, we got some really cool neighbors now we got. You know, from another beside us, we got uh, the skate shop nine times beside us now, too, you know, in, in the old plush location. So things are starting to happen again. I feel like more more and more retail will come back, hopefully, next year. Yeah, I think it's the best it's been since I would have first started shopping at Fushion White Ave in terms of so many independents, and especially locally owned independents, kind of finding a place on White Ave. Yeah like anonymous and come up and all those other guys. But yeah, I think it's very strong right now for local shops being on the app and especially after COVID. Yeah. A lot of empty spots, but then all these uh, local, local homies just starting to pop up, which is sick. I love seeing that instead of being seen like the big franchises, just taking up the empty spots. Yeah. I, I mean, just as, as someone watching, like I don't know anything about the, the finances or the logistics of opening up on what app, but it does seem to be, like flourishing the most it has in years. Like that's why I was saying it, it was great. Like the reason I I ever did whatever you want to call what I did was because the three things Foosh, plush, like early two thousands plush, and FS made me think like you you might be able to open a store that like people respond to that isn't only on the internet. Yeah, and then like. So there was those in that time. And then I feel like for a while there was not much except Foosh and Gravity. I, I should pay homage to them as well. But now, yeah, there's a ton of stuff happening. And like, I mean, isn't there's like four vintage stores like on the same block? <laughs> yeah. Is it all on your block? Yeah, there's lots now. You know, it's funny. I, I say this and I hear people say this. They always call it the Foosh block. Like whenever they're like, oh, all these stores on the Foosh block, all the other stores kind of get absorbed by that. So that's, I mean, that's amazing in itself. Like just being able to retain that. 
like time. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah, that's that's true. A lot of people do want to be on our block because they know that we do draw a lot of people on the weekends. I mean, just in general, right? A lot of people always want to come to the shop. So being on the same block as us does benefit probably for the other shops as well. Yeah, we hope say. it does. Yeah. <laughs> I I always wondered, and I want to like kind of selfishly ask this, but do, I've always wondered if like being on White Ave, maybe now or like 10 years ago, let's skip like the years where it was in a lull a bit. Does White Ave like transfer over to more customers or is it just more like window shoppers? Because to me, I feel like White Ave is busy on a summer weekend, but in my head, I'm like, I bet 80% of these people don't even have their wallet with them. Like they're just like <laughs> out trying on like things and you like, and that that's all well and good. It's not like everyone has to be a consumer all the time. But I just wonder on a busy day, is that more sales for you or is that just more like mopping at the end of the day? I'll um, let you guys speak on this one. I, I think it does. Like being on the Ave, um, it's very shop centric. A lot of people come outside the city to just check out White Ave. So the, the, the walkthrough traffic is awesome. And obviously, it doesn't really correlate to sales all the time. But let's just say if there's like Art Walk or something big. It, no matter what, like if you're getting that mass amount of people walking through your store, your sales are definitely going to be going up. And it, it helps us too. Cause like we do our promotions, but we don't do crazy promotions like Instagram and more word of mouth, but those kind of like heavy summer days that we get a lot of traffic, people are like, Oh, what's this shop? And then, you know, we might gain a customer and be like, yo, just follow us on Instagram and all that jazz. So it does correlate to sales to a certain extent, but it, we don't always rely on it as well. Yeah, no, I, that's that's awesome. You said that. I understand the logic of the like long game. You know, you like get people in, and they might come in like a handful of times before they actually buy anything. That is probably the best approach. But I'm like too. Uh, I don't know. I just want to see results like faster in a way. It's not that I'm like aggressively pushing any of it. It's just it all like people would always come in for stickers and not even like look around. Like after years of that, it started to get to me because it's like, you know, like you're obviously not trying to like keep this store where it is. You're just coming in for certain things. I always like to ask other people that operate stores, especially in like high traffic areas, if if that location is actually better. But it, I mean, it sounds like it is for sure. And especially yeah. with you guys, if you have something kind of easily or not easily, but maybe easier than some stuff. If someone walks into Fouge, I would assume they're like pretty stoked like just looking around it's like a pretty you feel cool right it's like you want to buy something to be a part of what's happening so i get if you yep. can like gain a bunch of foot traffic it's probably easier to convert some of them to guys oh yeah especially like seeing the younger cats coming through like the younger kids coming and they've never ever seen our shop and they walk in they're like oh my goodness like i can't believe the there's a shop like this in the city and they're like and I always like, I always love hearing them asking, like, when did you guys open? Because they always, everybody always thinks if they are a new shopper, like in the last year, they think we just opened, but 
it's always amazing when I see their eyes open when I'm like, yeah, we, we're, we're in business since 25 years. And they're like, what? I can't believe I haven't seen this shop. So <laughs> it's always cool to see that, seeing the stokeness of the kids, like seeing the shop. You guys live like dangerous, like close to a school too. Like if I was a high school kid that fan fouche, I don't know if I would ever go to school again. <laughs> you know, I would yeah. just like try to hang out around there. But uh, yeah, you know, we get a school up. Yeah, are there like shop? I d- like don't want to put anyone on blast, but do you have like shop? grommets like people who just hang out all the time and like try to absorb it all yeah we do get customers that come through and just want to be part of the scene and just want to see what's up again that's why we make it so friendly with our making sure the staff is like welcoming everybody just making people feel comfortable around the shop right like if you want to hang out come hang out you don't got to buy anything i feel like we had more shop groms when we were a record store as well too yeah more for sure we had more kids hanging out um Especially on release, days. you know. Especially on release day, making sure you know they can get the music that they wanted to. But like, I I feel like that's more of a skate culture thing where you have shop groms where mm. they just kind of like hang out all day and sit in the front. Because <laughs> I remember walking in the plush and like you know all the kids are just hanging out. You know yeah, what I mean? Like gang of I, skaters in front. I feel like food. Foosh, you know, when 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 I was here, there were some people, but not but not like a skate shop. Yeah, sure. no. I, th- I think most of it we now see in terms of people coming and just kind of hanging around and wanting to chat is is in the the sneaker world more so than than apparel. Just wanted to come and chat about shoes. I think yeah. the issue I don't see as many people wanting to just chill for two hours and just chat shit is because Instagram makes it too easy. You can you could come by the shop and chat for two hours, or you could just go and endlessly scroll on your phone and and look at what foosh has and and send us a message and talk to us directly there so i think maybe it's i don't know maybe that's a sad reality of social media making things too too easy for some people to research versus if you took foosh back 20 years if you wanted to know what brands are coming from know what shit's cool you you can you maybe could find some obscure blog online but other than that you actually have to go and talk to the shop owner or their staff and kind of learn about what's what's coming next right and that actually uh Reminds me, I would have forgot to ask this too. I know, like, you're talking about kids thinking Foosh just opened. So it made me think of there's so many kids that think a lot of this stuff is brand new. And I know, like, I've I've bought bought Dunks the first time they were cool at Foosh. I also bought fucking Awesome the first time they tried it at Foosh. You know, yeah. do you, obviously yeah. you remember this, Justin, but fucking awesome existed like years and years ago. Yep. And I, I, I think you guys are honestly the only store I've ever heard of that had it at that time. Yeah. Yep. Was. Yeah, it was uh things were a lot different back then too, right? Like you had all those trade shows that you can go to. Well, the main one, Magic, down down in Vegas, where you can you can go and meet these owners and and the reps of all these brands, right? Now, well, I guess you got Paris Fashion Week, but now like like everything is done online, right? So for for me back then, it was always a treat to go down to these fashion shows, these fashion conventions, and like talk to them about Foosh, what we're about sell them what Foosh is about to get their brand. And when we first got 
uh, fucking awesome in, you know, it was through Vegas, through Jason, like right through Jason Dill. It was rad, you know. So, yeah, it's uh, things have changed. We we we've definitely seen fashion styles come and go, <laughs> big time. Yeah, they there's just a ton of kids that I tell them. I think I've said exactly that. Like it was the same logo. Because it's like what the march like a wrestling thing, right? Isn't it like the Hulkamania? So I was I think saying, so, yeah. Fush had fucking awesome shirts 15, 20 years ago, and like the brand went away because people didn't receive it the same. Then they like rebooted it years later, and it's cool that it's like back at Fush. Yeah, full circle. And but yeah, Galactic. it's like people just didn't care about it for a while, and now it's like one of the bigger, for what it is, like one of the bigger brands of its type these days. And the dunks as well. Like I remember getting high top dunks, maybe even on sale at Fuji because people <laughs> oh, didn't yeah. like them. And now, like it's the, I, I think it's kind of weird, but people go crazy <laughs> for them. That was another brand that was really hard to get back in the day too. Like they, like they had no idea who we were. I basically had to sell, sell them on Foosh that you know we're going to be like it was when when we first started. It was pretty hard too to 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 get the brands that we wanted because we we're brand new. They didn't know who we were, so we just kind of picked up you know some weird ass brands when we first opened. And, you know, we had to kind of prove ourselves to all the, let's say, cool brands um, before we can get there, you know. So, yeah, we just kind of, I don't know, 25 years. I've, I've been doing a lot of reminiscing throughout this interview, and it's just it's, it's, it's <laughs> kind of crazy. Well, yeah. <laughs> like, I know, even, the- even with us, like, years and years later, so it was way different. It was so hard for us to get. Like, I was reaching out to so many brands at the beginning of the studio. No one would say yes. And I knew, like, once once we, people, like, started to say yes. And I don't want to disparage anyone, but they, like, weren't really what I was, like, envisioning. And then what it is that Sneeze said yes, I still don't understand why. But then once we had Sneeze, a lot of people wanted to be in a store with that so it became a bit easier but we we still we're i mean we're closed it's never gonna happen so it doesn't matter i i tried so hard to get brain dead i wanted brain dead more than anything they kept saying no and then after i announced we were closing they emailed me to say they were into it but it was just just the one that got away now i just have to go buy it at anonymous or whatever but yeah that, there were a ton of brands i really wanted but brand dead and stray rats actually i tried them a lot they never would do it uh you know what we uh i i feel that's within my time constraints i thought it was gonna be a lot more difficult to like find <laughs> time to let you guys get back to your day but i i think i asked I mean, I have a million more questions, but I think I asked enough to make a cohesive episode. Is there anything you guys want to talk about or promote? 
or talk about, I guess. And then before we officially leave, I'll link it all, but just to be safe, if you guys want to let people know where they can find each of you or Foosh or whatever you want to promote, please do. I think, yeah, Instagram would, again, going back to our earlier conversations, that's probably the most efficient way to find us. So it's just at FooshYG. Um, I think more than anything, you can always hit us up on, on social media and the like, but just just come by the shop, just chat with us. I think that's, that's what we're into the most. We just want to talk about streetwear and sneakers. And we don't want people to feel, I don't know, like, again, pressured to buy shit. Just come by and, and, and talk about the shit that we kind of align with. And then obviously you can check our website, foosh.ca. You can do all the online shopping on that. Again, that's great. But if you're in the city, just come by the shop and, you know, we can always just chop it up and just talk about stuff if you want. Yeah, I think breaking bread is the best way to, to, to educate and to kind of, you know, learn about this community if you're new to the scene it's very opening we're not like you know rude or some of those other shops where they don't like to talk to you we like to talk <laughs> <Yeah>. to you <laughs> and they i i assume justin you're quite busy in there less and less but pat and mac how often are you guys around the shop me and Mac are at the shop every day, almost every day. And even if we're not at the shop, we're most likely still working from home doing something. Yeah. So it's always something, but we're always here like Tuesday to Saturday is usually the one day that we're usually not is like Sundays and Mondays, obviously we're closed. Uh, but yeah, it's always, it's almost every day. <laughs> <laughs> You'll find one of us here for yeah. sure. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to necessarily send kids there directly to find you, but I guess they know how now. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's cool. It's yeah. cool. <laughs> well, I mean, thank you guys so much. This is uh, incredible. I, I like I was saying, I think before we hit record, I didn't know if this episode would ever happen, and then it just kind of fell into place. It was I'm glad such it did. Yeah. a nice way to spend my Sunday. Hopefully, you guys enjoyed spending your Sunday this way as well. 100%. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, like Wes, I listen to your podcast every week, and I, I love how you're showcasing a lot of rad Edmonton people that don't get highlighted. So I was really stoked when you uh, reached out, and I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy how fast we get this together. Yeah, I uh, I'm really impressed you guys could do it as quickly as it got done. But for me, I have a list on my phone of it's called Dream Guess, and it Fuji's at the very top and now i can check it off so uh appreciate that man really appreciate yeah thank you for the praise (laughs) i uh i mean pleasure is all mine thank you guys so much i'll uh i'll link everything properly but if if i need any any advisement i'll uh send one of you a message but other than that thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your sunday you too man thank you so much thanks wes thank you thank you you guys all legends thank you thank you wes Thank you.